Welcome into Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. On this edition, you'll meet the City of Detroit's photographer, Cyrus Teta. He has a new book out titled, Only in Detroit. The Downtown Detroit Partnership has unveiled new digital information kiosks. Gina Cavalier, DDP Chief Community Officer, is stopping by to explain to us exactly how they will work. The beautiful Weston Book Cadillac Hotel Detroit has had a facelift. Scott Steinbaugh, Director of Sales and Marketing, will tell us all about it. And Robin Terry, the Chairwoman and Chief Executive Officer of the Motown Museum, will also have an update on the museum's impressive expansion project. A great show about what's happening in and around the D, coming up right after these messages. Welcome into Opportunity Detroit. I'm Ann Thomas. And to kick off today's show, we welcome Cyrus Teta. Cyrus is the photographer for the city of Detroit. Cyrus, it's great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Ann. I'm excited to be talking to you this morning. Now, we are going to be talking to you about your new book. It's called Only in Detroit. But first of all, I want you to talk to us a little bit about this job as the city photographer. What exactly do you do on a daily basis? So being the city of Detroit, I work in the media department, and our department uh, provides media for every single department in Detroit. So, you know, we start at top uh, with the mayor's office all the way to health department, water department. Um, Anyone, any department can put in a request with the media department to... uh, get media for anything, whether it be headshots, press conferences. So that's kind of what I do on a, on a day-to-day is just fulfilling the media needs. We only have two photographers. We've, yeah, we've always only had two photographers. Uh, and so, yeah, we split all the work. And, yeah, we, we service the, the city with, with all of this media needs. And when I, got, when I originally got hired, I was uh, hired on a, a part of the neighborhoods.org with Aaron Foley, uh, the mayor appointed Aaron Foley, the chief storyteller. So um, I was a part of the, the starting team for the neighborhoods.org back in 2017. And yeah, I've just been documenting the city's moments ever since. So it has to be interesting for you to see the big changes, Cyrus, that have occurred in the city over these past six years or so since you started photographing the different events. Yes, it's been beautiful because uh, I'm born and raised in Detroit. This is a city that I I lived up high. So uh, to be on the front lines and being able to uh, just see all of the changes and growth coming uh, to the city and to the neighborhoods and to downtown and everywhere else, it's, it's been a uh, a blessing and that's what one of the reasons why I wanted to do only in Detroit and because I just felt like it was time to share these moments and 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 just in the, the the city needs uh just hope more hope and and something to be proud of and, and and needs to know that we should have always been proud of this city absolutely now the name of the book it's a photo book it's called only in Detroit and it's a 96-page book. How did you come up with the idea to put together a book like this? Well, I always wanted to 
I always knew that I wanted to put together a book because uh, just when I was saying earlier, like, I've just been able to have this privilege, you know, front row seat to all of the changes, all of the ribbon cuttings, all of the, the ground breakings and seeing things from dirt to finished and, and being populated uh, or even just exclusive moments like, you know, following Aretha Franklin's funeral and just uh, capturing everybody's emotions around that and going to photograph President Biden. Like, just I feel like Detroit needed to to see these moments. So I always knew I wanted to, you know, deliver this this package uh, and let people, you know, just, you know, be able to have something to hold and, that, you know, hold that's, uh, uh, what's the word, that's real something that's real that they can look at and just be proud of. You know, you mentioned Aretha Franklin's funeral and the visit of President Joe Biden. What are some of the other moments that you were privileged to photograph that kind of leave an imprint on your heart? Yeah, so just the, one of the, my favorite moments is, is Big Sean receiving the key to the city. That was kind of my first uh introduction into the professional world of photography and, and working with the city and my my first big photo shoot so uh photographing big shine and then he continuously uh supports the city and, and gives back to the kids and the youth so through mary Schwitters, through mary sheffield's uh, occupy the corner that every every year she does one with big shine and he's always giving back and does a celebrity kickball game. So following Big Sean has been a, a big part of uh, my career and a special a special part of my, my journey for sure. Um, but if I had to choose another, I would say uh, photo, being able to photograph uh, the late Mary Wilson of the Supremes. I was able to photograph her in 2017, and it was a special moment. I was with Aaron Foley and... <clears throat> Amber Lewis, who was uh, head of social media at the city back then. And, yeah, we were able to catch up with Mary Wilson back where she grew up in the Brewster Projects. And and she even sang for us. And just capturing her just singing and speaking with us back in this kind of uh, the Brewster Project, which is, is that site is now has been torn down, I believe, uh, but it was that that was a special moment to 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 get with her uh, just a a legendary international symbol of, of Detroit and and she was back you know just bringing her back home to the local grounds is all a part of what I really wanted to show with the book just bringing showing that we have this this talent and this this power <laughs> just you know locally and I want people to feel that. It sounds to me, too, like you are trying to paint a positive picture of the city so that people around the country, around the world, really, have a better view of the city of Detroit than what's sometimes or in the past was in the headlines. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, I want this to be anyone around the world to be able to pick up this book and say, wow, like, Detroit looks exciting. Like, this is like a place that I, I want to go to right now. Like, uh, that's definitely what I'm doing it for. And when I was growing up, I didn't see a lot of positive things in the media about Detroit. It was, you know, growing up, it was kind of crazy, but everybody just, it was all negative, whether it was like poverty or crime 
uh, everybody focused on the negative, but that's never what I felt. That's That wasn't the energy that I felt. I always felt a lot of love growing up in the city. There's a lot of um, people that give nothing but love and strong people, uh, pillars in our communities from east to west that, that pour into youth and pour into people on a daily. Uh, so I don't know if you want to call it right place or right time, but uh, I want it. I know now it's time for people to, you know, see the Detroit that, that I know. Our guest here today is Cyrus Teta. He's the photographer for the city of Detroit, and he's got a great new book out called Only in Detroit. Now, it seems to me, Cyrus, that this would be a very good holiday gift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's kind of why I, so I started working on, well, the, the works in the books, span from 2017 to 2022 but i started working on it this year in january and uh yeah i really plan to uh have have uh the book put together around this time for the holiday season so i'm happy that i was able to have it complete and i work with an artist to uh graphic designer zoe tally to help me put it together and we were able to get it done and get it out by around Halloween time. So, yeah, perfect for the holidays. It's just a, a great centerpiece book. We had two different versions of the book, uh, eight and a half by eight and a half soft cover and a, a hard cover that's uh, 12, 12 by 12. And so, yeah, it's it's just a great centerpiece. And every any page you, you leave it on and set it on the table, it's just, it, it'll spark a conversation and, and and you will be happy to know that every photo in this book was taken in the city of Detroit. Mm, wow. And how can people get this book? So right now um, I have them on my website, supercyrusb.com, S-U-P-E-R-C-Y-R-U-S-B, supercyrusb.com. But also I just um, got a purchase order with uh, the Detroit shop. Oh. which is a Detroit-focused uh, store, yes. uh, and they're in Somerset, and they also have a location downtown on, uh, I think it's Farmer Street. Ah, God, man, I'll have to look it up really quick. But it's, it's downtown um, off of Woodward, not too far from the Nike store by the YMCA. But, yeah, but the Detroit shop, yeah, they have a location in Somerset and downtown. I have books in there right now as of last week, so I'm super excited about that. Um, but other than that, that's, that's the only place. Other than that, I'll just be doing pop-ups, doing pop-ups and book signings all over. So, we yeah, the next the next book signing is next week, uh, next Saturday, the 16th, I have with uh, Next Chapter Books on East Warren. And, yeah, well, we're just going to keep it moving from there. Oh, that's wonderful. Cyrus Tata, photographer for the city of Detroit, and he has a new book out. It's called Only in Detroit. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was really nice talking to you and getting to know you. Thank you so much, and it was, it was great talking to you, too. Coming up next, information kiosks will soon start appearing in downtown Detroit. We'll find out what that's all about. We'll be back right after this. As you stroll around the city of Detroit, you are going to see new digital information kiosks. 
Gina Cavalier, Chief Community Impact Officer for the Downtown Detroit Partnership. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about this. This is really interesting. Thank you, Anne, for having me. So what are these? What are they meant to do in the city? They are meant to be a resource for everyone in the city, whether it's residents, visitors, workers. Um, these are basically a, a giant iPad in, in the public right-of-way that is information at the user's fingertips. Um, people were accustomed to having printed maps downtown to help them get around. And what we did was we took the opportunity to update that, make a a much more current technology, and expand the offering of what can be available to the general public um, as they're experiencing the the city. That's so interesting that that's going to be coming to Detroit because you do see that in other cities. So there's going to be a total of 30, correct? That is correct, 30 citywide. What will they look like and where will they be placed? They look like a, a giant iPad <laughs> That's um, cool. in, in the street. They're, they're um, you know, about, about six feet tall and a, a few feet wide. Um, they are entirely ADA accessible and there are multiple languages that people can select when they interact with the kiosk. Um, and when you see the screen, it, it looks somewhat like, like your smartphone where it has Um, what are called a series of tiles. So those are basically apps that take you to different resources based on your interests and needs. And that that ranges from everything to when is the next bus coming? What are my transportation options to get from, from one point in the city to the other? So it will layer transportation options such as the bus with your MoGo bike share bikes. Um, it will will layer those different options. Um, and if somebody's looking for a job, there's a jobs board there. Um, but if you're saying I'm you know I'm 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 in the Live Six neighborhood and I want to see where I want to go for dinner today, you can pull up restaurants. You can segment it by types of restaurants, and everything is location based. So what is closest to you, you will see first. Now there's also a safety component to the kiosks, correct? Yes, and there's, there's two parts to that. One is that there is an emergency call button that goes directly to um, 911 dispatchers at the De- Detroit Police Department. Um, in downtown, we have what's called Project Lighthouse, and that will, you can pull that up and see where all of the Project Lighthouse locations are. And that's a network of downtown businesses and property owners who have made their facilities available 24/7 365 for anyone in need. So if you need a, a if you need a phone, if you need to use a restroom, those are places where you can go for access any time of the day and night. And you know, Gina Cavalier, Chief Community Impact Officer for the DDP, this is something that's very important to you because you're making a difference in the community by doing this. Correct. And these, this is a network that allows the, the broader community to be connected. Um, you can see right in front of you how the city operates together. This is the partnership between the Downtown Detroit Partnership and the city of Detroit. Um, each kiosk does, can have unique content. So there's some local art featured. 
But also if you're in a neighborhood, for example, if you're in the Jefferson East neighborhood, our partners at Jefferson East Inc. are putting content on that kiosk that is specific to that neighborhood oh. that isn't necessarily going to be featured on the other side of the, the city. Um, and that's what we're taking advantage of with this progressive ribbon cutting is we're highlighting some of the partners who are very active, involved in making sure that the content on, on their kiosks, for example, in Southwest Detroit and in Midtown and Jefferson East and in Corktown, those neighborhoods are, are where we're building out a more robust model for featuring local content in each neighborhood. It almost makes you want to run around and check out all the different kiosks. You, you absolutely should. Um, and there's, there's, some, there's some fun features, too. One, the, believe it or not, the, the most used feature on every kiosk is the selfie feature. Of course. And it has, it has a fun little, you know, you, you can send a selfie to yourself. No, none of your data is, is stored. Um, it's, it's kept long enough to, for you to send your picture to your own phone. Um, but each one will have a border that is we're working with the neighborhoods to have a, a border that is unique to each neighborhood as well. So it helps you enjoy that that local flavor and the uniqueness of, of all of the different places in, in the city of Detroit, but with the cohesion that is, is so important to this community as well. You know, of course, I think the safety feature is really smart, but I like the restaurant idea because you know how sometimes you're in a certain part of a town and you just really don't know that area. What a great thing for people coming to visit the city of Detroit to just check out the kiosk and find a good restaurant. That's it's it's there in intended to encourage people to explore. Right. And whether you're a visitor who has never been to Detroit or you're a Detroiter who has lived here your entire life but are looking for a little bit of adventure. I, I, I know that most of us get in the habit of going to the same places all the time. Exactly. And if these can be tools to in, encourage people to discover their own neighborhoods in a little little bit different way, way we will have um, achieved a big part of our goal. And Gina, before I let you go, I know that next year is going to be a very busy year for you as the Chief Community Impact Officer. How's it going? I bet you're already working hard on that NFL draft for as one example. There, there are so many exciting <laughs> things happening in the city of Detroit, and I, I cannot... I'm sure that you have seen how excited everyone in oh, the community amazing. is yes. about the NFL draft. And we're approaching it a little bit as, you know, when you have a big party in your house, sometimes it encourages you to, to <laughs> step up things some up. things that, <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. that you haven't quite gotten to. Yes. Um, but people are so excited to be connected to this opportunity and just all of the opportunities that, that the city offers. Downtown, there are thousands of events every year, and we encourage people to to look around and you know maybe every once in a while treat your own your own city as if you're on vacation, as if you're yes. a tourist, because there's so many things that are here that each of us has not taken advantage of of every opportunity. You just can't. But if we prioritize exploring the city, and that's what the the kiosks are intended to to do. And, you know, Gina, that's a good point. If you haven't been out and about in the city of Detroit, downtown Detroit, I mean, every single week it seems like there's something new, something changed. 
that the the ice rink is open at Campus Martius. You know, we encourage everybody to come and take their photo with the the Christmas tree, um, the holiday lighting all around downtown that is. Um, sponsored by the Downtown Detroit Business Improvement Zone with the Downtown Detroit Partnership and the DDA is really something to see. You know, go around, explore. There's holiday shopping. We have so many small businesses that that offer unique products, not just downtown, but in, in many of the neighborhoods. And that's something that we are going to, to be featuring. Um, the idea of the kiosk ribbon cutting was inspired by um, the owners of the the Pink Poodle and Busted Bra Shop in Jefferson Chalmers. Mm. So they're excited for people to to come and use that tool and see their businesses. Absolutely. Gina Cavalier, Chief Community Impact Officer for the Downtown Detroit Partnership. Thank you so much for your time today. It was great talking to you. Thank you very much. Coming up next on Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage, the Weston Book Cadillac Hotel Detroit begins a new chapter. We'll learn all about it right after these messages. The Weston Book Cadillac Detroit is a beautiful historic hotel in Detroit on Washington Boulevard. As it prepares to celebrate its 100th anniversary, there's been a $23 million renovation. Scott Steinbaugh, Director of Sales and Marketing, thank you for checking in with us today to talk about this project. Yes, of course. Good morning. It's great to be here. And it's a great time at the Weston Book Cadillac. As you mentioned, 2024 will be the 100th anniversary of this hotel. It originally opened in 1924, and then uh, it was completely resurrected in 2008 uh, when we reopened uh, the project, and it had been 15 years since it had had a, a, a fresh new facelift, so it was time, and we're excited to unveil that to the city of Detroit. I have to confess, I love the Weston Book Cadillac Detroit Hotel. I've been there many times. My daughter had her wedding there. I didn't even think it needed to be renovated. So tell us about the renovation. It must be spectacular. Well, you know, when we we brought the... I was the first employee hired on this project back in 2007. So I've had the uh, fortune of being here since the beginning. So, you know, we really... um, took the building down to its bare walls when we did the restoration um, that started in 2006. And, you know, the the finishes and fixtures and things that were used were very high quality. So, you know, fortunately, they they had withstood, you know, the, the time that we've been here. But, you know, the hotel was running very high occupancy, um, although the public spaces still were in um, decent shape. You know, there was a lot of wear and tear in the guest rooms, and it was, you know, it was just time for a facelift top to bottom in the hotel, and really, that's what we've done. What is the theme of the facelift? What can you expect if you go there now, and you either stay there or you have an event there? Well, if you had been in the building previous to this um, transformation, uh, a lot of dark woods. It was more uh, traditional and dark inside, Um you know, the the theme was a little more traditional. Now it's much more light, bright, contemporary. You know, you're still going to get the um, Italian Renaissance architectural um, details in the hotel are all still here. Just, you know, uh, dressed in a different way. Um, brighter colors, 
a more soft um, color palette, a more residential feel inside the hotel. So you're still going to get that historical um, classic look from the architecture inside the building, just with a much more um, contemporary look and feel. So as somebody, Scott, who has been involved in this project for a very long time, What's the most exciting part of the renovation project for you? Well, you know, for me, it's the ballroom spaces. Um, They're just, you know, uh, two of our ballrooms are, um, you know, very historic in nature and look similar in architectural details to the way they looked when the hotel originally opened in 1924. And just the detail work and the lighting and the carpet and the drapes and the color palettes that they use in those spaces is just fantastic. Um, another great addition to the hotel is we've got a brand new steakhouse called Sullivan's. Um, those of you who had been to the building before probably remember Roast. Oh, yes. Unfortunately, Roast closed during the pandemic and we were left without a restaurant. So we were very excited for Sullivan's to join uh, the property in September it's just a really lively neighborhood steakhouse serving, you know, bone-in steaks, great seafood, great craft cocktails. They have uh, jazz on Friday and Saturday evenings and added an outdoor patio, which will be nice uh, this coming spring and summer. So, um, you know, and again, just the look and feel of the hotel is so different from, from the way it looked before. And the guest room product is just uh, a knockout. Um, it's just like a haven with the heavenly bed, and we've converted most of, um, when I say most, about 70% of the guest room inventory, we converted uh, bath tubs because, you know, studies have shown that people prefer showers when traveling um, in hotel rooms. So we put in beautiful um, stone rain showers in about 70% of the guest rooms that used to have traditional tub and shower enclosures. So the guest room product is great. Um, we've got two fantastic presidential suites that we completely re- redesigned that are knockouts. Great for people looking for a place to spend an anniversary or a honeymoon or on their wedding night. So there's just a lot of new things to see inside the hotel. And, then, you know, on, on top of that, there's so many great things going on in Detroit right. that make you want to come downtown and spend the night or spend the weekend. And it sounds to me like this hotel could be very possibly a destination for a lot of the different performers that come to Detroit nowadays, Scott Steinbaugh. We do. Um, you know, we do a lot of entertainment business. We do a lot of professional sports business. And, you know, it's it, it's garnered quite a reputation. Well, you know, you know, over the years, this hotel, and I think everybody has a special story about the book Cadillac. They've celebrated something milestone here. Um, but... You know, when this hotel opened, it operated as one of the finest luxury hotels in North America for some 50 years. And it has seen a cadre of presidents and celebrities and rock and rollers Hmm. and luminaries and heads of state. You name it, um, you know, people have stayed here in the history of this building. So, you know, that continues today. And it's just, you know, an exciting time to be in Detroit. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if you've seen some of the recent articles uh, that have named Detroit a top place oh, to yes. visit in 2024. We're very excited about that. I think Condé Nast and Afar Magazine, and I, I even think Architectural Digest just named Detroit as their fourth um, fourth on their list of places to visit in 2024. So just a lot happening in the city, and we're happy to be relaunching 
the hotel during such an exciting time. Absolutely. How do you redo a hotel like this, a hotel that's almost 100 years old, and make it, you know, new and updated and exciting, but yet somehow keep the historic flavor? It seems like it would be a little bit of a challenge, but maybe not to you, Scott. Well, for us, you know, fortunately, all of that work was done back when the hotel was restored in 2008. Okay. So all of the infrastructure, all of the you know, plumbing, HVAC, electrical, um, all that was re-retrofitted and redone, basically starting over in 2008. So a lot of that work did not need to be done. Um, and a lot, of the, a lot of the historical architectural details and motifs um, throughout the hotel were restored then. So what we did in this update was, I don't want to say more cosmetic because we replaced everything that you could see and touch. So all of the furnishings, all of the fixtures, all the lighting, wall vinyl, carpet, window treatments, and things like that have all been replaced. But the inner workings of the hotel and the historical motifs were already preserved and already done back in 2008. So some of that maybe had to have some tweaks, but by for the most part, that was all intact when we did this update. Scott Steinbaugh, Director of Sales and Marketing for the Weston Book Cadillac Detroit. I cannot wait to come and check it out. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. We hope to see you soon. You are listening to Opportunity Detroit. Coming up next, the latest on the Motown Museum expansion project. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. I'm Ann Thomas. The Motown Museum is in the midst of a $65 million project to transform the iconic Hitsville, USA building along West Grand Boulevard, in fact, just down the street from the Fisher Building, into a complete campus that celebrates the history of Motown and its future musicians. Robin Terry, museum chairwoman and CEO, thank you so much for joining us today to give us an update on this major project that will make a difference to so many in the community. And well, thank you for having me. And you know, this is one of my favorite places to come and talk Motown. <laughs> I love that. That makes us feel good. So Robin, how are things going? What is the expansion looking like at this point? It, you know what? It's in a, a great space. We have um, we announced not too long ago meeting a $59 million um target towards our goal of $65 million for the build. Um, we're excited to be there. We're not at the end, so obviously we still have um, a little ways to go, but our construction um, is getting back on track. We were very fortunate to receive um, the HUD grant of $10 million, which was championed by Senator Stabenow. And, you know, sometimes what people don't know about those incredible grants is that they then require you to do a lot of um, testing, environmental testing and other things in order to be compliant and to to meet all of the requirements. And it also means you have to halt your construction. So we've been in that phase um, for a minute where the construction, we were hoping to be in the ground last August. Um, Now we'll have to wait until this, you know, late spring, early summer um, to commence the final phase of um, the construction. But in the meantime, our design teams are like, they're, mm. you know, full speed ahead, preparing the experience on the inside. 
It's exciting that things are rolling and, and, and you're heading toward, you can kind of see the end of the rainbow. It's, we definitely can. And it was really, um, you know, just wisdom on the part of our board um, to do this expansion in phases, you know, with phase one yes. being the next, our programming hub. Um, that is just, you know, if there's anything that makes my heart smile, it's seeing that space fully activated with all of these promising artists and young entrepreneurs from Detroit. Um, it's just something special to see the way they collaborate, um, you know, show up for our camps, you know, for middle school kids, high school kids, um, our songwriting workshops, our singing competition, poetry. But it just underscores the fact that this is, you know, it confirms you know, the mission of the organization and that there is so much talent still remaining in the city of Detroit. We still have the best talent in the world um, and creating a space much like Motown that becomes a collaborative space for these creatives. It works. Now, what are you seeing with this talent, Robin? What kind of music do these young up and coming (laughs) musicians really enjoy? What's interesting, you know, Detroit's got all kind of talent. Sure. What's, what's interesting, though, is that, um, you know, the traditional soul music and R&B music, which really had taken a backseat in the industry for a while to um, hip-hop music, and, you know, that's, that was really the rave, you know? But uh, there is a return to R&B music and soul music that I think is really special, and it we see a lot of that in the talent that's coming through Hitsville Next, which was, you know, our first phase of the expansion. Um, I didn't mention the second phase, which was our plaza. And, and you know, if I'm, you're just down the street, so I'm sure you've seen it, but the way the community has embraced the plaza and all of the programming that we do for free every weekend in the summer, um, is just something that exceeded expectations. Our goal was to create like the big front lawn of Hitsville and a space where folks hung out. If you want to be around music makers, that's where you hung out. People have just embraced that space and seeing thousands of people on our Founders Day, um, on our weekends, we've had, you know, Mustang takeovers and Corvette takeovers and <laughs> You know, seeing our musicians performing on the plaza, um, hosting Afro Nation this past summer. It's just, it's so special to see that right in the neighborhood. Well, you're making such a big difference in this community, Robin. Talk about that and the fact that you're getting support from your neighbors, but you're also getting all kinds of corporate support. This was really... um, I think that the city was ready. You know, I think we've all wanted a Motown moment that was, you know, bigger. Hitsville is is such a treasure in our community. And people all over the world, when they think Detroit, they think Motown. When they come to um, Michigan, they want to press their way to Detroit to go to Hitsville. So it's been an opportunity for us to leverage, you know, for over 40 years. And we just, it just hadn't happened yet. So I think there was a lot of 
anticipation. And so when we launched the vision to really create a campus that celebrated this legacy, um, our corporate donors showed up. The foundations just showed up in a way we couldn't imagine. Um, And then there were individuals, and not just locally, but across the country who um, are supporting this project. So, you know, our focus now is on raising, you know, the balance so that we can, you know, be done with this part of it and just get that construction completed. Now, talk a little bit about the job fair that you have coming up. I believe it's December 19th. And who would you like to apply? What are you looking for? So the job fair is Tuesday, December 19th from 10 to 5. And it's being hosted at Hitsville Next on the Motown Museum campus. So you come to Motown Museum and you'll be directed over to uh, Hitsville Next. But because we are in in this phase of growth, we're constantly hiring in preparation for Um, the expansion. So for phases one and two, which we're already focused on, but then the future phases. So there are positions for talented people um, in the education space, in programming, administration, retail. Um, Our retail space will triple in size going into the new space. So we have to you know, start to seek out the talent for that. And we want people who are passionate. Every, this isn't for everybody. You know, you've got to be talented to come to Motown and you've got to be passionate about this mission to not only, you know, tell the story of Motown and all of the um, incredible people, some iconic and some, you know, not so well known, but telling their stories. Those are the unsung heroes. We tell their stories, and then we use that to inspire the next generation. So if you're passionate about that, you can bring your um, you have to bring your resume with you to the job fair, and then um, you have an opportunity to go online and apply in advance. If you don't apply in advance, you will have to apply online when you get there. So it's an exciting opportunity to be a part of something that's kind of rare in life that you, you know that you get the chances to be a part of something so culturally significant that kind of comes around once in a lifetime. And Robin, how can people apply for this? What's the website? So if they go to motownmuseum.org slash employment, they will see all of the positions that are available. Robin Terry, Motown Museum Chairwoman and CEO, thank you so much for your time today. It was great to talk to you. I didn't want to miss the opportunity to chat with you. It's always good. And I'm Ann Thomas. Thanks for listening to Opportunity Detroit and enjoy the rest of your day.